Mac Power Users, Episode 20, live from Macworld 2010. Just a brief explanation before we get into today's show. The audio that you're about to hear was recorded live from the main stage of Macworld Expo on Saturday, February 13th, 2010. David and I had the honor and the privilege of being asked by the folks over at IDG uh, to do a show live from the floor, and we're just thrilled with the number of people who turned out to come and support us. The audio you're going to hear is going to be a little different quality because obviously it was a different setup and in a live setting. The idea of the show was to go back and take a look at some of the developers and manufacturers of some of the products that we had looked at over the past 19 episodes to see what kind of changes and what kind of updates were coming from those products. You'll also hear that at the end of the episode, we do a little trivia and give away some Mac Power users and Smile on My Mac mugs to the audience. And we also took some questions from the audience. So the um, end of the show may be a little different, and you may have some trouble with that audio, but I'll try to clean it up as much as possible. Um, debated about whether or not to include this audio into the actual show that was released on the feed, but a uh, quick poll of our Twitter followers said that the majority of them wanted all of the audio in the episode. So just keep in mind that it's something a little different. We also did a number of interviews from the show floor. There are probably about 30 or 40 minutes worth of interviews where we went around and again talked to some of the manufacturers and developers of some of our favorite products and products that we've talked about on past shows uh, and also highlighted some of the products that we thought were particularly new and interesting from the show floor that would be of interest to our listeners. Because of the length, that is going to be released as a separate episode, episode 21, but it's probably going to be released at the same time as this episode. So if you have your podcatcher or iTunes set to only download the most recent episode, you probably are going to miss one of the episodes, so you want to go back and manually check that. So without further ado, here is Mac Power Users Episode 20, live from the Macworld main stage. Hello, Macworld. David Sparks here from Mac Power Users. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Hi, I'm Katie Floyd. And uh, this is Mac Power Users Episode 20, Macworld Live 2010. Uh, so we should probably tell you a little bit about who we are and, and what we do. Um, as he said, he's Dave Sparks. I'm Katie Floyd, and we are the Mac Power Users. Uh, we are a little different kind of Mac podcast. We're a podcast that takes one particular topic and focuses on it in depth. So if you're looking for a show where you can get two and a half hours on how to manage your email, that's us. No, maybe not quite to that extent. No, it is two and a half hours. It is two and a half hours. Uh, with, with a slightly geeky uh, productivity slant. Yeah, so we're a podcast. We've been uh, active now for about eight months. We've had a really great year, and we're really honored to be here at the... Macworld show floor doing a live show. Our normal show format is, like Katie said, we'll take one subject, such as RSS feeds or email or something else that's important to Mac users and talk about the various tools and software available to you for that. Uh, sometimes we'll do a show just on one application and we'll go on it in depth. Uh, today's going to be a little different, though, since we're at Macworld. We thought we'd spend some time talking about the things that we liked and what we saw at Macworld and some other observations concerning some of the applications we've covered in the show, and we're going to go through those in depth. Yeah. Um, so first of all, let's talk a little bit about the conference, because we're all here on the Macworld Expo show floor. 
And a lot of people may not realize that this is really only half of the Macworld story. There is an entire uh, educational conference that's going on across the street on Moscone West. And um, David here is actually a, a featured speaker. Well, I'm not sure if I was featured, but I, I was a speaker, and it was fun. I had a great time. It was a, it was an honor for me. One of my favorite topics uh, is discussing using your Mac at work. Uh, in my day job, I'm a trial attorney, so uh, everybody makes fun of me when I walk in court with my little computer with my fruit on it, and then I gut them with it because there's so many great tools on the Mac, and these guys don't know what happened to them. So it's a subject I talk on a lot. I speak for the American Bar Association conference and some other things. So I got to do a version of that this year for the Macworld attendees, talking about all the great tools uh, to use your Mac at work. Was anybody here at that session? Yeah. All right. Great. And it was a lot of fun. We had a full room. And the, the best thing about that session is everybody always thought Macs were the tools that you used for graphics design and for doing uh, late page layout. Now people are using it for work. They're using it for everyday jobs, and you're going to find them in your cubicles and everywhere else. And they're going to start running circles around their competition because of it. And it was really great to see all those people at that session who wanted to learn all those tools. I had a great time teaching that session. Yeah, and there really is something for everybody. I know, David, you spent quite a bit of time um, learning AppleScript from Sal Segoyan, the AppleScript guru. Yeah, in addition to, uh, to teaching at the session, I was able to attend several. Uh, Sal Segoyan is the Apple, uh, he's an Apple employee. He's the project manager for AppleScript and Automator. Is anybody here using Automator yet? Okay, you guys need to get into this because it's, it's like magic sauce. When you start using that on your Mac, you're going to get all kinds of great tools out of it. So uh, Sal taught, uh, yeah, I believe it was 15 hours of AppleScript. I wasn't able to attend it all because I had some other commitments, but the sessions I was there was just great. We got completely geeky, and we were doing all kinds of weird stuff on our Macs. And I can't wait to add that to our show content. People are going to either love it or hate it. I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite sessions was learning all about screencasting from Don McAllister, who does screencasts online, who is the screencast master. So I, I guess by way of saying this, if you're only coming to the expo, you're missing half of the good stuff that's going on at Macworld. Um, so maybe next year. Yeah, there, there's some great teachers over at the conference center. Uh, a lot of people, uh, really the top of their field and all the various elements of using a Mac, and you can learn a great deal. So that's something you want to check out next year if you haven't done it this year. But let's spend a little time talking about the uh, stuff we saw on the show floor that we've already covered in the show. Right. Uh, so probably one of our favorite developers here is Omni. Omni makes a great range of productivity apps for people who, who actually really want to get stuff done on their Macs, whether you're outlining, whether you're creating sketches, whether you're brain mapping, whether you're planning projects, whether you're graphing. Um, all of Omni's apps, um, you'll find something in there that will work for you. Um, and we did learn about one of our favorite tools, in fact, a tool that David and I are using right now to kind of outline the show, uh, Omni Outliner 4, which is coming soon with some, some pretty cool new features. Yeah, any Omni uh, group users in the audience today? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah, Omni Outliner is the premier outlining application on the Mac if you're going to be organizing information in an outline format. Uh, it's a great app. It's been around for a while, and it's been a while since they had a major update. And we were really excited to learn from the Omni folks that they're working really hard on getting a new update out to it soon that's going to have a bunch of new features and make it easier to do your outlining. 
Um, we also talked to Omni about the iPad, and uh, they've got some interesting stuff going on about that. We're going to talk about iPad a little bit more in the show later, but it's very exciting to see how all the developers are embracing it. Um, so also, we need to talk a little bit about Microsoft. And I, I know that there's kind of this love-hate relationship between Apple and, and Microsoft, but I think one thing that, that bears being pointed out is Microsoft is here and Apple is not. So that, that sends a message. Um, but Microsoft has just announced that they're going to be coming out with Office 11, and especially if you're someone who uses your Mac at work and for work, you know that perhaps one of the most important things is that you're able to communicate uh, with your coworkers and, more importantly, with your bosses who are still using PCs. Um, and Microsoft's Office Suite is really what is commonly used, at least in my industry and probably in most industries. So it, it's really, from a productivity standpoint, a product that we don't want to ignore uh, because it is a product that we need in order to be compatible with the rest of the world. And I think perhaps one of the products that people are most excited about is Entourage is being replaced by Microsoft Outlook. And as someone who has struggled with interoperability with exchange servers and emails and calendars and contacts and sharing those within the corporate setting, um, it's gotten a lot better with Snow Leopard and with Exchange 2007, but I think it's going to get a whole lot better uh, once we get Outlook on the Mac. You know, frankly, I'm a big iWork user. I don't like to use Microsoft Office unless I really need to uh, for compatibility. But I did have a chance to meet with the Microsoft people, and it looks like they're trying to make some changes to, to more embrace the Mac community. One of the most exciting things I heard is that they're going to embrace some of the Cocoa standards. So Microsoft Office is not going to be written in its own code. It's going to hopefully use some of the baked-in goodness that Apple has put in the OS X development platform. Uh, and I know they're also trying to make efforts to make it more user-friendly. So when you open it up, you don't get hammered with all those buttons and sliders and options. So uh, I'd recommend heading over if you're at the show to the Microsoft booth and seeing what they can show you. It's not coming out for several months, though. Yeah, holiday 2010 is when they were targeting it. So we're going to need to see it, obviously, before we can any, anybody can really decide if it's, if it's uh, going to be worthy of the upgrade or not. Right. Uh, one of our favorite products um, are made by these folks right over here behind us, Mac Speech. Um, for years, they've, they've made a, an excellent product called Dictate, which is really the only dictation program for the Mac that is even worth at all considering. Um, and I've just been astounded by plugging it in, how accurate it is um, with, with very little training. Is anybody here using Mac Speech Dictate? Has anybody tried it? A couple. Okay. Does anybody here that using it, did they use the prior stuff before they got the Dragon Engine? It was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. So last couple of years, Mac Speech did a really smart thing. They went over to the PC side, and they bought the license to the best uh, speech recognition engine there is, the Dragon Engine, and they've incorporated that into Mac Speech. So now we have our own speech recognition app. And I really recommend this to people. It used to be a specialty product that like people with disabilities would have or some people who dictated really heavily like doctors would use. But even just typical users now, it's, uh, I think, a hundred fifty or a couple hundred bucks, you can get this thing. It comes with a microphone, and literally, if you're not a touch typist, you can just rip your text in there as fast as you can talk. And if you write a lot of emails or something, it's definitely worth tr uh, trying. If you're at the show floor, you can go get a demonstration right behind us after the show, of course. Yeah, don't go anywhere. But even more exciting, they have added a new product called Scribe, and I always get emails from people saying, well, I like Dictate, but I, I like to dictate on the road, and I want to transcribe the stuff that I do. Not literally on the road. Not driving. 
I, I do it on the road. Don't do that. Yeah. In California. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, with all the hippies, you know, that's how we drive. Anyway, so you, you dictate on the road, whatever. You plug it into your Mac, and it takes that audio file and transcribes it for you. And that's a real game changer, too. Like, I was thinking um, I might get a license for my mother because... She wants. She she has all these great stories about growing up. You know, she grew up in Massachusetts and spent a bunch of time in Quebec. And and I want to record those stories, but I also want to transcribe them. And I was thinking, well, am I going to have to send it to like India and have it done or something? And and she, I can get this application for her now. I think maybe I can transcribe those recordings. So I think that's an interesting use. But if you're a person who likes to make recordings and transcribe them, or if you can think of a use for it, it's a product worth checking out. And it's brand new. If you're at the Mac world, you can get it for $99. Uh, if you're listening to this, you missed out because it's going to cost you $150. Well, unless you're a current Mac speech dictate, they sent out an, e- an email to registered dictate owners. That's, okay. There's, there's a little grace period where you can get it for $99. Right. Well, don't miss out because that, that's something to work out. And even if you're not interested in the speech recognition, I'd recommend just going over there and checking it out because it's, it's pretty amazing to be able to just talk and see it on the screen. It, it's really like stuff out of the future. Hey, you know what I forgot? We uh, we forgot to mention that there will be valuable prizes that will be given away yeah, I, I at know, the end of this presentation. <laughs> I know a lot of people are here because you're tired and there's a chair. I totally get that. And we're good. Don't go anywhere. I When I was in college, I worked at the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. All right. Yeah. So you know about Schweitzer Falls. Well, anyway, I, I shot hippos and drove behind the backside of the water to pay for law school, and it was a great job. I also worked in the Tiki Room. And I used to take polls of people, and almost nobody went in the tiki room for anything except air conditioning. Yeah. That was my punishment, actually. When I got caught doing bad jokes on the Jungle Cruise, I had to go work in the tiki room for eight hours. Wake up, Jose. Say hello. So we get that, but if you do want to stay here and rest, at the end we have, you know, stuff. So, you know, free stuff. But you got to work for it a little bit. Yeah, we're going to make you work for it. Okay. Uh, moving on, um, how many people have problems with paper? You know how it just kind of multiplies and it ends up all over your desk and you can't find stuff? Yeah, I, I don't do that whole paper thing anymore. Um, and, and part of the reason is because I, I picked up a scan snap a couple of years ago. Uh, Fujitsu makes the ultimate, and there have been a few competitors recently, and I know there are a couple who are here at the show floor, so I definitely encourage you to, to check out some of the other options. Uh, we did an entire show on going paperless, that if that's a topic that's interesting to you, um, you know, certainly you can, you can download one of the back episodes. Um, but there were some new ScanSnap models that were released recently that bring some really cool software changes. Yeah, I think I, I really think Fujitsu is ahead of everybody on this stuff. They they were the first ones to get it, and they just keep getting it better and better. And I don't remember the the rep told me I think they're on their sixth or seventh version of the ScanSnap product, and that's the two I've got on the screen here. They've got a desktop one, and they've got one that'll fit in your bag, and and the thing just zips the stuff through, you know. And it's got a scanner on both sides, so if you have a double sided page, it gets the front and the back with one run, and. The new thing they've got is optical character recognition. So like if you have a gas bill and you just take a highlight pin and just highlight the word gas bill on the on the paper and you zip it through there, it'll optically character recognition that and it'll put in your spotlight index. So if you're a Mac user, you just dump it in a folder somewhere and you say, I want to get my gas bills. You type gas bill in your spotlight and it'll pull all of them. That's the new version. It will selectively commit um, optical character recognition uh, just the stuff that you've highlighted. 
And I don't know what kind of unicorn tears they put in that thing to make that happen, but I think it's great. The, the only problem is, you know, I spent my 400 bucks like two years ago. I'm not going to buy another one, but, Maybe but you need to. if you guys are waiting, now you can like run circles around me. Just go get one of those. And, and they're here somewhere too. I'd, I'd recommend go check them out. I think they're back in the corner, but what's great about them is you just take this, this grumble of paper that you have and you just stick it in. If it's a receipt, if it's a business card, if it's a legal sized piece of paper, if it's a letter sized piece of paper, it, it figures that all out. You don't have to do it. If it's double-sided, if it's single-sided, if it's color, if it's black and white, you just stick the stuff in and it will all come out pretty properly sized, properly formatted uh, in the right resolution. So um, it, it's pretty smart. You know, if you're interested in, in paperless, I would really recommend downloading our paperless episode. That was, what, about an hour and a half? I mean, we spent a lot of time on it. And right. What we did is we talked about the whole idea of how you go paperless. So we're gonna, we talked about how to get the documents into your computer. And then once they're in, we talked about how to organize it. Uh, one of the nice things about our podcast is Katie and I always have different ways of doing things. So we had some uh, conflicting ideas about the best way to do it. But between the two of them, I'm sure you'll find one that works for you. Um, another application I'd recommend if you want to go paperless that I love, it's called Hazel. And it's a little application uh, that goes in your menu bar and it automatically files the documents for you. So when you like give it the name, the gas bill, it, it drops it into whatever folder you want and that way you can organize. I mean, the biggest problem about going paperless, everybody's afraid you're going to lose the file once you scan it, right? But Or not know what to do with it. Yeah. But once you have them scanned, you can back them up on an external hard drive. I mean, you've got multiple copies. It's actually better than trying to keep the paper copy. Um, and one such tool that I use, at least for managing all of my paper stuff, uh, is a product called Neatworks. Can you, you want to talk about Neatworks a little you bit? Want to, I want you yeah, to talk okay. more about Fujitsu. All right. Um, but Neatworks is a product that you can scan in using the scan snapper, or Neat has their own scanner now. They have a, uh, a little um, travel size scanner, and then they have a, a larger scanner that you can put multiple pieces of paper into. Um, but they're coming out with a version 3 for Mac, and I've always struggled a little bit with Neatworks. It's a product that I love. It's a product that I really want to love. Um, but, it, it, you know, maybe they're, they're still trying to get that whole secret applesauce thing um, to make it work and to make it be more friendly to Mac users. Kind of looks like a PC app. It does look a little bit like a port from a PC app. But they're working on it, and each version gets better. Um, and what I was very excited to hear is that version 3 is coming out within the next couple of months, um, and it will be a free upgrade to all the people who own version 2, um, which I think was a, a really great way of neat, not, not necessarily admitting that, hey, we needed a little bit of work, but, you know, hey, we're going to give you a free upgrade, and, and it does so many things better. And uh, especially this time of year, I don't know about you guys, I'm trying to do my taxes. Well, I'm, I'm trying to avoid doing my taxes, um, but at some point I will actually have to sit down and, and start doing my taxes. And I'm a little paranoid about that stuff. If anybody comes back after me, I want to be ready and armed with the paper and say, no, no, look, I really did spend $473 um, on, on fonts or something. <laughs> and, and it was all a business-related expense. Um, so uh, NEAT is, is incorporating into their new version additional features specifically for tax planning because they realize a lot of people now are scanning in um, all of this financial information. So they're giving you the opportunity to separate things by IRS categories uh, and to create end-of-year reports where you can document your deductions and, and try to put all of this information together in a, in a nice packet for you so that you, you have the breakdown and then you have the documents when you're sitting down to do your taxes uh, and you've got that information right there, along with lots of enhancements and bug fixes. 
Now, you don't use Neatworks. You just use the Hazel? No. I, the way I manage my documents is I have a series of nested folders, but using Hazel, I can keep track of them, and, uh, and I can back them up that way. No. I'm thinking there's a, there's probably an Apple script that you can do with the OCR yes. and the... I know a lot of Apple script now. Look for go. it. Look for it. You know, there's a couple other products that we've talked about on the show or we haven't got to yet that are represented at Macworld this year that we're real happy with and impressed with. Uh, one of my favorites is the LiveScribe pen. They, they've got a booth here. And I don't think we've had a chance to talk about this on the show yet, but uh, this is the original iTablet for me, the LiveScribe. And this is a great product. It's a notebook with a specially formatted paper. It has what they call micro dots on it. And then you get it with a pen. And the pen is about $200. It's pretty expensive, but it's got an infrared camera in it, and it tracks every pen stroke you make. So if you're sitting in a meeting and you take notes, you can actually dock your pen. Yes, that's right. You can dock your pen to your computer. And it will upload those whole notes to your computer as PDF files. So if you lose your notebook, you've got a copy. That's only the half of it. The other thing it has is a microphone inside of it. So if you activate it while you're in a meeting and you're asking someone questions, it'll record the conversation along with your pen stroke. So then if you take your pen and you touch the part in the notes where you're writing, it will immediately jump to that section. So does that make sense to everybody? Okay. If, if you have a college student in your life, I would get one of these for him. I just think this is the best tool. I wish I had one of these in school because you can record every lecture and tie it to your notes and go back and re-listen to whatever section was working. And it works on the Mac. And it gives you the opportunity to say, wait, I need to reboot my pen. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. What do you do about all those people in your office who steal your pens? Uh, I protect my LiveScribe pen very carefully. Okay. It's like your iPhone, you know? It's a $200 pen. But uh, I, uh, they're back this year, and you can't get into their booth. There's so many people here. Um, they've embraced the Mac platform. Their software has gotten better over the last year, and it's a great application to check out. I was also uh, real impressed with some of the things that are going on over at the Fast Mac booth. First off, if you haven't been, they've got probably the best demo on the show floor. Have you seen the guy smashing M&Ms over there? Um, so what, what he's got is they have a new impact gel technology um, that supposedly absorbs all the impact of something that you throw at it. So they, they take a couple of M&Ms and they put it in between this impact gel and the guy just slams it with his hammer. And no, he, he beats the hell out of it. He beats the heck out of it yeah. with his hammer. Uh, and the M&Ms were fine. So no M&Ms were harmed in this stage of, of the demo. Uh, and, and then he takes the M&Ms and he puts them in a competitor's product. And we won't mention which one, but it's the product that you own. Yeah, if you look at my bag, it's that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then gently taps the M&Ms with the hammer. And um, the M&Ms don't turn out so well. Yeah, so it's, it's the stuff from your shoes, you know, the stuff that we all need today. Yeah, I asked them if they were selling uh, inserts for the shoes, but no, that would be a great business on the Macworld floor. Yeah, so, but anyway, it's not out yet. It's going to be out in a couple months, uh, but it's a very nice protective sleeve for your Mac. I don't know if he was doing this when you were over there, but when I was over at the booth, the guy then actually took his own iPhone out of his pocket, put it between, and whacked it with the hammer. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. He did it. Really? Yeah, and it's fine. That would have been good YouTube stuff. So... You know, another thing they had at the Fast Mac booth is they have a new um, iPhone case that has a built-in infrared transmitter. So if you want uh, to make your TV remote with your phone, 
you can plug it in and you can remote control your phone. Yeah, uh, you can remote control your TV. I'm sorry, your TV, excuse me. And you can rearrange the buttons. So like if you want, if you have someone in your family, and I'm not going to use any words, um, Daisy, um, and if you have someone who pushes the wrong buttons all the time and screws everything up, you could remove those buttons from their phone so they can't push those buttons. So you just get the volume up, the volume down, the channel up, the channel down, and you're done? Yeah, exactly. But if you, if you want, though, the, the point behind the product is you can customize your own remote. If you want the little iPod wheel to be your volume control, if you want a slider to be your volume control, if you just want the up-down button to be your volume control. FastMac had a lot of good stuff. They also had a neat thing. It's a, um, it's a plug for your wall, you know, like you plug your uh, vacuum in. It also had USB plugs on it. So if you have a lot of USB devices and you've got a plug near wherever your desk is, you can just plug straight into the wall. That was kind of neat, too. Right. Um, we also saw, kind of somewhat related to LightScribe, but in a different setting, the uh, paper show people, and you really liked them. Yeah, uh, I do a lot of presentation work, and it's not really LiveScribe. Paper Show is a product that has another expensive pin, and it has a USB key that plugs into your Mac. And, when, and, and it has, again, special paper. And the good thing is none of these special papers are too expensive. For instance, with LiveScribe, I got two notebooks that covered me a year. It was $15. But So the, the Mac then plugs into your presentation device, like an LCD TV or a projector, and anything you write on the pad shows up immediately on the screen. So it really replaces the whiteboard, but gives you a lot more granularity if you write better small than big. And so is can, it kind of like what the weatherman does? Yeah, it, or John Madden, you okay. know? Boom! You know? You got Thanks, that? See, yeah, I got it. I saw some people falling asleep, and that's a trick I use in court. Sometimes I drop a book, but I just did my Madden impression. So uh, anyway, you got that going, and um, you can also take your keynote or PowerPoint slides and print those out and write on top of them as well. So if you're going through a presentation and you want to mark something up, works the same way. And I believe that's $200, too. It's, it's not cheap, but if you do presentation work, it, it really uh, gives you a lot more effectiveness. So this is a uh, method that's, that's preferred over writing with a Sharpie on the actual whiteboard or LCD, right? Yeah, and especially you writing on a Sharpie on your Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of our other favorite uh, product vendors who wasn't on the show floor today, but uh, we're releasing a lot of great new products, is Text Expander. So I guess we should probably start off with, with what Text Expander does for people who aren't familiar. Um, do you ever find that you're typing the same thing over and over again? I mean, I know in, in my, my life I tend to, to type contracts and paragraphs and clauses and, and the same types of thing over and over again. Uh, Text Expander is a product that will allow you to type a few specific keywords uh, for example, my signature when I sign off my, my, my emails for this is MPU SIG, um, and it will uh, probably generate four or five lines of text that you can throw graphics into. So every time I need to regenerate that, I just type in a few keywords. Um, but Text Expander is coming out within the next month with a new version of their product called Text Expander 3, uh, which has some pretty cool features that allow you to better manage your snippets, um, edit your snippets. Um, edit the last snippet that you did, um, as, as well as one of the, my favorites, uh, fill-in-the-blank support. So if, for example, you want to say, um, dear blank, thank you very much for sending me blank. I will continue to ignore your email and never get back to you again. Love, Katie. So you can actually, you can, you can text expand um, and then go back in and fill in the blanks um, if you want to. 
Yeah, I use Text Expander for a lot of things. I even do calendar entries, OmniFocus entries. If you get into that application, you'll find that anything that you type, you can replace with it. Um, but they're, it, it's getting a lot faster. They've got more searches. They've got more updates. Um, and it's going to be a full-fledged application as opposed to a, an actual system preference pane. So I think there are going to be a lot of more features. Everything that it did well, it's still going to do. Yeah. Um, you also looked, went to the Western Digital booth, right? I did go to the Western Digital booth. Um, you know, hard drives, I, I tend to collect hard drives. Does anybody else have that problem where they just kind of stack up? Um, maybe I missed something, but one of my, my pet peeves about hard drives, David's an attorney, I, I also happen to be one as well, um, is that all, not that it's happened to me very often, um, but occasionally hard drives die. And, you know, supposedly you've got this three-year warranty, you've got this five-year warranty. They're all trying to outdo each other's with the warranty. Send your drive back to us. We'll, we'll replace it. And um, I, warranties on hard drives are useless to me because, to me, the security of the data that is on my hard drive is more important to me than the 150 bucks I actually spent on the drive. So I'm not going to take my hard drive that has potentially confidential client data or just confidential my data on it. Um, and send it back and say, yeah, please go ahead and replace this hard drive. And um, yeah, who cares what happens with that just floating out. Um, but the, all of their new lines of, of hard drives um, have hard disk encryption enabled in them that you can, uh, you can actually set a password to actually access the drive that is hardware-based, not software-based. So by no means am I implying that you know Western Digital or anyone else's hard drives tend to fail more often, but when it does happen or when something else happens um, or you lose your hard drive or you leave it somewhere or it gets swiped out of your hotel room, um, your data is encrypted so you don't have to worry uh, about what's happening with it. And you know we, we did a security episode uh, a couple of shows ago where we, we talked about whole disk encryption and other alternatives for that. Um, and, and that was just something I, I was very happy to see that the hard drive makers are, are embracing um, because it's one of my biggest concerns of my data. You know, one concern is getting the data backed up, but the other concern is, is, is what happens to the data when it goes outside of my immediate control. So I'm glad to see that the hard drive makers are starting to build that in. They've also got some really cool e-ink technology where you can uh, customize the display of the hard drive. So even if the drive is off and powered off, but it's sitting on your shelf, you can still read a label on it. So it really you know, beats the whole Sharpie with a, a piece of masking tape. It's nice to see the, uh, the hard drive and other third-party manufacturers really embracing the Mac platform again. And I think that's, that's something. It used to be when you bought an external hard drive, it had PC software on it, and it never had Mac software. And it seems like Western Digital is one of the companies that's best about embracing the Mac platform. Yeah. And, and here's a tip. Don't you, have you noticed when you go into Best Buy, You've got the, the PC hard drive that's $99 and the Mac hard drive that's $149. It's the exact same drive, exact same specs, exact same features. Don't ever pay the extra money for the Mac formatted hard drive. You guys all know that you can do that within disk utility. It takes about 10 seconds. The, um, over in the uh, tiny town where we saw a lot of the iPhone app developers, that was a really neat thing. Uh, Macworld this year, they got smaller. You know, it used to be, well, we have the tiny town, which at the show here is just to my right. And uh, now we have what we're Nano. Called, yeah, our shanty town. Shanty town yeah. or nano town. So they've got a section for iPhone app developers generally, and each one has, which is basically a cocktail table, and then they have four vendors on each one. 
and it's it's kind of awesome. If you go over there, there's a lot of people, and everybody's excited. You can learn a lot about apps. I walked through it a little bit, and uh, being the productivity geek that I am, of course, I went straight to the Office uh, iPhone apps, and I found one called Office Squared, and I thought that was really great. They uh, they have a great application. It reads Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel files. It shares it to uh, Google Documents, and it shares it to your mobile me disk, your iDisk. So uh, if you've got a bunch of files, you just drop them on your iDisk, and then you're stuck somewhere. You can edit them or modify them or read them on your phone. And I think we're all looking now at these iPhone apps and thinking, how much cooler is this going to be on the iPad? Yeah, it is going to be great. And a lot of these iPhone developers are really deep into it already in terms of getting their iPad development ramped up. And obviously the office substitutes are natural, natural for that. Um, we also, another booth that you couldn't get to, um, is the booth over here where they're t- selling the pogo pens. Have you seen those? Those are the pens. You know, normally you can't, a lot of people still want a stylus for their iPhone. Um, cause they don't want to use their finger. I kind of like the idea of using your finger cause you never lose it, hopefully. You know, maybe you do. Um, but they've now got these, these advanced pens and they're not truly pens. They've got some kind of soft felt tip magical material on it. There we go. There's one that's being held up. And um, you can actually use it to draw on the iPhone, to draw on the trackpad of your Mac. Um, because now we, the Macs now have these great big glass trackpads that you can do all kinds of things with. Instead of just doing multi-touch gestures, um, you can actually use some of these pens and you can actually draw or sign your name into a document. Um, and again, I think this is another uh, innovation that's going to be a lot cooler when you've got this big 10-inch screen to play with. Yeah, and and the thing that was kind of interesting, I thought, is people were using it to sign uh, their name on their trackpad. And if you're doing digital signatures and you don't want to keep a file on your computer that has your signature on it, which is understandably kind of a concern because someone could get that signature and use it for malicious reasons, uh, you could use one of these and you could just not have a signature file and you could literally draw your signature every time you needed to. And it's like it's like ten bucks or fifteen bucks. It's not very much money. Uh, so uh, I'm seeing a lot of people get those. The booth is really popular. Right. Um, another one of the favorite products here, uh, I think, is going to be iFi. These guys over here at the iFi booth are getting a lot of attention this year um, because they're introducing some new products, some bigger storage capacities, um, and some fun new stuff with the iFi. Do you have one of these iFi's? No, I should get one though. It's it's really great. If you have a camera and you put an iFi in it, when you go home, it finds your network and downloads your pictures for you automatically. You don't have to plug your camera into your computer. And it also has some other neat stuff like location awareness, so it tags your photos for you when you're out and about. Yeah, it can kind of be a, a geotagging for people who don't have GPS into their camera. Yeah, and now they're supporting the RAW format, which is the high-end photography format. So people who are using the big digital SLRs were always avoiding the iFi because it, it would require that the pictures be in JPEG format. Now that we've got them in the um, in RAW format, yeah, the, those of you with the big cameras, you can start looking at the iFi product now. And they're also supporting ad hoc networking now. And so not just that I have to walk into my house, but if I'm here on the show floor and I'm shooting pictures with... Um, my digital camera and I want them to auto upload to my Flickr account to show people back home, you know, there's Wi-Fi here. Don't everybody jump on it right now, but there's Wi-Fi throughout the show floor and, you know, if you stop by in the Starbucks or you stop by in your hotel room, usually you can get some Wi-Fi and it can just auto upload the photos from there. Okay, so, you know, the other big topic of this Macworld is the device that nobody has seen. 
you know, we're talking about the tablet. They just had a, uh, IDG just sponsored a special tablet event where they had a lot of luminaries speaking on it. Uh, and there was a huge crowd, a standing room only, to see this thing. And this is the subject. It reminds me of the iPhone. But there, there was nothing to see, I understand. Yeah, they didn't have the actual iPad there. In fact, I think... They had some 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 mock-ups of the iPad. Yeah. So everybody wants to know what this thing's like. It, it reminds me a lot of, what was it, three years ago when the iPhone was announced and there was one in a glass case but nowhere else. And so every conversation with every software vendor and hardware vendor, it usually starts and ends with, what are we going to do with the iPad? And they're asking the, the attendees here, too, because they're asking, you know, like, if you go over to Shantytown, every iPhone developer is asking the, the customers, you know, would you like it on the iPad? They're trying to figure out if they should allocate resources or not. And I think this is kind of a, you know, this is a Homer crowd. All of us want an iPad. How many people here want an iPad? Yeah, see, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. Um, I'm pretty sure I wanted one before he got on the stage, which just tells you what a loser I am. But yeah. you know, uh, how many people would have bought it no matter what it was after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is really an underlying issue of this macro, and it's a lot of fun because it doesn't exist yet. So we're kind of at that first stage of the journey, and we're all going to go on this adventure together to see where computers go next. Um, if you talk to people at Macworld, it really seems to me like there's kind of a dichotomy between opinions on this device. Uh, there's a, a large group of people who think it's the dumbest thing they've ever heard of. It's just a just a big iPod Touch, and why would we ever need this? And it's and Apple blew it. And then there's another group of people who thinks it's going to change the world. And there's not a whole lot of people in between. I mean, would, do you, does everybody here agree with me? That seems like that's where it's kind of gone. And uh, since our show really is usually about uh, specific issues concerning how we're going to do specific workflows, and we are definitely going to include the iPad in our workflows once we have one in our hands, I haven't really talked to you about it, Katie. What do you think about the iPad? I'm, I'm very excited about what it represents and, and where it's going to go. You know, there are a lot of naysayers. It doesn't have a camera. It doesn't support background apps. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. And I think what you have to remember is three years ago, the iPhone... What was the iPhone? There were no apps on the iPhone. There was no Flash. Well, there still is no Flash. There will never be Flash on the iPhone or the iPad. I think that's pretty, pretty generally yeah, accepted. Yeah, that one to the bank. There'll be no Flash. There will be no Flash. Um, but I think what we have to look at is is what does this platform represent? The the iPhone opened up whole new worlds for developers in terms of applications. And um, you know, before I bought an iPhone, I never owned a smartphone. And I didn't really think that I needed one. And I know there are a lot of people who are in that boat, and even people who were early adopters and early iPhone owners. Um, and I think most of you would probably share this. After you've had the iPhone, could you ever go back? Could you, I mean, if, if you lost your iPhone, would you be out at AT&T or an Apple store the next day getting it replaced despite the, whatever ridiculous price they charge you for it being not, you know, unsubsidized and, and out of contract. The iPhone has completely changed my life in terms of how I manage my workflow and how I get things done. Um, and I think the iPad, perhaps to a lesser extent at this point, just because I already have an iPhone, um, is going to do the same thing. And I'm really excited to see what the developers are going to be doing with the iPad. I'm really excited to see what Apple is going to be doing with the iPad. Because notice the iPad is running software version 3.2. 
And if you've noticed, about every year we tend to get a major update to the iPhone and the iPad software. I think three, four, five months from now, we could be looking at an iPod running version 4.0 that, that corrects a lot of these perceived uh, deficiencies with the iPad. But I'm really excited about some of the productivity apps that could be coming to the iPad and the ability to get work done on the iPad. Yeah, I'd agree. When they had the announcement for the iPad, I, I watched it you know, online and... I was I thought it was a great device when they were talking about the media and stuff, but I got really excited when they brought out iWork for it because suddenly I can do things with it that I can't do with the phone. And I've been on this campaign for years to get the Bluetooth support on the iPhone for the keyboard. Um, if you read MaxSparky.com, that's my blog. I, I even wrote a haiku about it, you know, thinking, you know, because, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, he might, he might read that and say... He's not going to read them. No, no, he would. He might. But... You know, I forget the haiku now, but it was it was brilliant. Just believe me. But you know, I was thinking that might be the kind of thing gets Steve to change his mind. You know, right? Apparently, it worked. No, it didn't work because he didn't ever put it on the phone. But now, uh, when they showed us the iWork apps and then the keyboard support on the iPad, that's a game changer for me because for a lot of the stuff I do, that's perfectly adequate, and sometimes it's better. uh, I do a lot of reading in my job. I mean, I bet a lot of people here have the same problem. You have more to read than you have time to read. So we use applications like Instapaper and some of these other great web services to drive a lot of that text down to your phone. So when you get stuck somewhere, you can read it, but it's a little tiny screen. And uh, just as an example in my life, I was thinking the other day, I was in a courtroom and the judge said, hey, I might need you in five minutes or I might need you in three hours. Uh, but either way, you need to sit in that chair until I need you. And there's a guy in there with a gun that if I pull up my Mac and open it up, he's going to get really angry with me, and he has a gun, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I was hoping that I could read my Instapaper. So I was either stuck reading it on my phone, and you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I had an iPad right now, I'd be just like tearing through stuff and getting a lot of work done. Um, I think that's a great thing, and I think there's going to be a lot of people like that. And the other thing I think about the iPad that people don't realize is There's a lot of people, and probably none of those people are in this room right now, but there's a lot of people who don't need a computer. They want something to send an email, you know, check Facebook, and do Twitter, right? And that's that's their computing. So why do they need to have a file system and have to worry about phishing and worry about all these problems that you have with a computer? Because the people who are here today with me, you guys are the ones that they call when something goes wrong, right? How many people here get those calls in the middle of the night? You know, so it's great for us because we got to get our family members that don't need all that extra power on these little iPads, and then we can have some time to get something done, right? That's true. That's true. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I really want to see the iPad. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times here at MacWorld. I'm not from in town. I'm I'm from Florida, so I, I flew here on the plane. How many times on the plane it would have been really cool to have the iPad? Um, how many, t- you know? I've got my MacBook here just because I don't ever travel anywhere without it, but there's really nothing I did this weekend or this week that I've been here um, that I couldn't have done with an iPad plus some of the productivity apps that we're already seeing in development. Um, The only applications that I've used since I've been here have pretty much been iTunes, Mail, Safari, um, and some of the Omni products, Um, and uh, having the ability to do some word processing. Oh, and Keynote. And all of those things are going to be on the iPad. I mean, I would love it, perhaps not for a business trip, but more for a leisure trip. You know, if I could could leave the computer at home and just travel around with the iPad, I am going to have to get a bigger purse, though. (laughs) 
But you have your Scotty vest. Or I do have my Scotty vest. I do have an iPad pocket in my Scotty vest, so. Yeah, okay. I think uh, one of my friends who's here today, Allison Sheridan, was saying that she was waiting to buy her purse until after the announcement so she could make sure it would fit. Let me know what you get. So the iPad's going to be great. We glossed over it earlier, but the Omni Group, who is one of the best productivity app developers on the Mac, they have changed their whole business. They've moved all their teams. They're putting all their major apps, Omni Focus, Omni Plan, Omni Outliner, Omni Graffle, Omni, Graffle, Omni Graph Sketcher. All of those are going to the iPad, and they're already started on it. It's going to be awesome for you guys who are working with your iPads. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think, I don't know how many people here were there for the original Mac. Anybody? Okay, mm -hmm. I remember what it was like before the Mac. I remember that command line. I hated it. And when that Mac 128K showed up with the little mouse and the little rabbit and the tortoise and the hare, the faster and slower, it, it blew my mind. It was like a revolution, right? Then we had the iPod. I remember my Sony Walkman and my cassette tapes and all that stuff. That's another revolution. And we had the iPhone. This is the fourth revolution that I know of for Apple. I, this is exciting for me. I can't it's wait. Exciting. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on a little bit, though. We're running out of time. We have a lot of stuff to do. We came to Macworld this year, and all the, everybody was saying that this is going to be the last one. I had people tell me, boy, you guys are lucky to get in this year because there's probably not going to be another. Apple's gone. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, they're wrong. Look at this. I couldn't believe how many people are here. It's great. I think it's, you know, Adam Christensen made the best statement. It's a reboot of, of Macworld, and I think it's going to be even better than before. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I made the comment in the Mac Roundtable we did, we did a couple hours ago. Um, there are a lot of people who are saying Apple isn't here. Um, you know, why do I need to go to Macworld? And I understand that Apple does have a magnetic presence at Macworld. They, they bring a lot of this, the vendors who may not have otherwise come out just because there's the perception that Apple brings more attention. I think they do bring more media attention, obviously. I mean, I don't know that CNN or CNBC or any of those people are covering Macworld. I don't know that they really did, though, in the years where they launched, you know, iWork and iLife. Um, definitely they did the years that they launched the iPhone. Um, but I don't come to Macworld to see Apple. I, you know, maybe I'll go gawk at the iPhone that's in the case for a little while, and then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm off to see these other developers. I, I can go to the Apple Store and see what's up with Apple. Well, they definitely. I mean, Apple leaving hurt in a way. Look, we're in one conference room. We used to, in one exhibit hall. We used to have two, but at the same time, it's it's been. You know, there's some really great companies here. The show's more compact. I think it's easier for people here to see it. Um, most people never made it to the keynotes before. I mean, you had to wake up at two in the morning. You never uh, saw LeVar Burton I mean, could before. You, could you met last year, you know, everybody woke up, two o'clock, got in line for the big Apple keynote, and they, and they announced iWork.com. You know? So. And how many people are using iWork.com? Oh, wait, nobody. I use it. It doesn't really, it's in beta still. Doesn't work. I like it. But okay. anyway. So this year what they did is they made it available to everyone. I mean, we've had John Gruber, who's a brilliant um, writer on, on the Mac platform, Leo Laporte, um, David Pogue. We've had, like, really great shows that you don't have to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning to see. I think it's been a great show. It, it has been a great show, uh, definitely. The, the telling point for me was uh, I gave a session on, on Thursday at, when the show had already opened the expo floor, so I didn't know what the expo floor was going to look like, and I knew that was going to really decide. I mean, if nobody shows up, then this will be it. So I'm coming down the escalator out there, and I look down, and I can't see the carpet. There were so many people here, all I saw were heads. 
and I just took a big sigh of relief and said, thank goodness my, my, my week of geekiness every year is going to be back next year. And I, I say long live Macworld. Long live Macworld. There's also some great social stuff here. I mean, uh, my takeaway from this year's Macworld is not just all the apps and the fun I've had and all the great stuff I've learned. It's really been the new friendships I've made. I've made so many new friends this year and the great memories I've made and the ability to see friends. I mean, Katie and I see each other once a year and we do a podcast together a lot. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of friends here in the same way. And I think even the people um, who are not as crazy as I always seem to make friends and find new interesting stuff at Macworld. Yeah. All right. So we've got about 15 minutes left. We um, we wanted to take some questions from you, and and then at some point we do have some valuable prizes to give away. Um, I don't know if there's any chance if we can get one more mic so we can we can roam one around the floor. But um, in the meantime, let's give a mug away. You want to give a mug away? Yeah, totally. All right, but you got to work for it. Okay. So we're gonna have a trivia question, and uh, whoever gets the answer gets a mug. We have here. Uh, Mac Power Users mug, and we also have Smile on My Mac mugs. We're donated by Smile on My Mac, which is a sponsor for the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Uh, but we're, we're making them work for the Mac Power Users mugs, and we're making them be geeks for the Smile on My Mac mugs. Oh, okay, okay. Right? So this is for the Mac Power Users mug. We're going to give okay. one away. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Questions going on the screen. First person with the answer gets himself a mug. What was the first iApp to be developed solely by Apple? That's not the one released. This is the one that Apple developed in-house. Anybody? Raise your hand. Shout it out, whatever. I heard it from this guy right here. What did you say? iPhoto's right. iPhoto. You get a mug. What's your name? Hey, Victor, Victor, where do you come from? Excellent. Okay. Well, here comes our mic, so we'll do some questions and we'll come back to some mugs in a bit. Yeah, can we maybe get a volunteer to. Uh... <laughs> Let's give it to that lady. It's Allison Sheridan from the Nozilla Cast podcast. Hosted over at podfeed.com, a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias. All right. If anybody has a question, raise your hand. Allison will come out to you. But we need you to, to ask the question in the middle so it doesn't mess up the speakers. Any questions or comments? Oh, there we go. Hi. Um, I, I'd like to ask uh, I've never. Uh, uh, read your magazine very much. Could you give me the top three reasons why I should subscribe to it? We don't have a magazine, so don't. I thought you were Macworld. We can be. <laughs> no, we're, we're the Mac Power Users as a podcast. Sorry, but, but, but we can answer the same mind. question. Um, you know, we, we're a podcast that takes a little different approach to podcasting. We don't do news, we don't do rumors. Uh, we don't do any of that. What we do is is we focus on one technology-related topic that does have a Mac slant, um, and we really go in-depth and explore the various options that are available on that topic. Um, for example, we did two shows on email, talking all about email applications, uh, plugins to make email applications more effective, uh, workflows for managing email. We also recently um, did a podcast on information managers, which are kind of these applications that manage all of this other information that doesn't really have anywhere else that it lives on your Mac. It's not email. It's you know, it's it's not a Word document. It's not photos, but it's all this other miscellaneous information that you have to keep in uh, keep track of. So um, that's what we do. You know that switch that you have that says, "Okay, you've talked enough about how to do email." Neither of us have that switch. We, we go through excruciating, painful detail 
And, well, don't um, say that, then nobody will listen. No, but it, it's kind of awesome if you're a Mac user because nobody else does it. So it's a lot of fun. You can listen to it. And the nice thing, each show has its own topic. So if you say, I don't care about paperless, then you can just wait till the next show and get the next one, find out what that's about. Um, I noticed that there's uh, probably a dozen programs now that are made to run uh, with a snap scan. I was just wondering which, of the, which software do you like the best? Oh, you mean to, to run Windows on a Mac? No. You know, the snap scan yeah. uh, things? Yeah. Scan snap. Scan snap. Yeah. Programs, 12 different apps that you can use now to uh, run the scanners. Yeah. And where they, uh, you know, what keeps everything together. What, what? Well, it depends on what you want to do with it. And, and you don't have to pick one. That's the best. You know, if, if you're scanning a, a batch of receipts, you can manage that in one app. If you're scanning um, a batch of documents, you can manage that with another app. But you've got kind of an interesting workflow because you don't use any apps. Yeah, I, you know, I just get the document as a PDF file. Like the, the Fujitsu does that, so then you've got the record. And I give it a, a descriptive name, and usually that's enough. I don't have to waste any more time on it. But if you want a document to be searchable by optical character recognition, uh, PDF Pin is a, probably one of the most reasonable solutions for it. I think it's $50, and it does that for you. Um, you can do anything you want with them once you bring them in. It's, uh, the main thing is you get the files in. The built-in preview app in uh, OS X will open those files, so you don't need to buy anything. And the other thing is when you buy a scanner, they always come with a lot of software, too. And a lot of times the manufacturer-specific software, in the case of scanners, may be a good idea because they usually customize it to the features. Like when I was talking earlier about how you can highlight on the new Fujitsu and it, it does that that stuff where it pulls the data out, you'd have to use their software to get that to work. All right, so I always scan into the Fujitsu software, but then you can tell it to hand it off to another application. So, I, I mean, I use Neatworks, I use Evernote, I use just a plain foldering system. It, it, it depends on what type of data I'm scanning. So. Any other questions or comments? Oh, there's one in oh, the back. Oh, yeah, one in the back, and, and Connor's got one. Your, uh, your thoughts on Adobe not being here? I'm not seeing a whole lot of design sort of centric uh, applications here. There's a few, but... I, this is solely my opinion. I think Adobe is one of those companies that decided to take a wait-and-see approach to this year's Macworld. They usually have a really large booth, and I know that's expensive. And I think a lot of people were worried that when I came down the escalator this week that I'd see a lot of carpet instead of a lot of people. And uh, they, uh, they have been proven wrong. So uh, if they don't come back next year, that's their loss. You know, if, if you really are a creative, if you're doing photo editing, if you're, um, you know, there's no question that Adobe products are great um, if you live and work within that field. Um, but, you know, if you're just a consumer or a casual user, there are a lot of great products here for a lot less money than what Adobe charges for some of their products um, that, w that will do, you know, the same thing or even, even some things better. So, you know, you, you don't need the $300 Adobe Acrobat if, if all you want to do is type on a PDF or you don't need Photoshop if, if all you want to be able to do is to make some adjustments to a photo and crop and do those kinds of things. Um, so as much as I like Adobe products specifically, if you live within that world, if you need them, I don't know that everybody needs them. Yeah, one of the focuses of our podcast when we do these in-depth sessions is we try to talk about the right tool for the need. A lot of time, uh, Mac computer users, or any computer user, tends to hit a thumbnail with a sledgehammer. You know, you don't need to buy sometimes these really expensive applications. Sometimes the $15 shareware app will do just fine. I think we had one more comment, and then let's get on and give away yeah, some more stuff. Yeah, let's give away some stuff. 
I personally can't stand Adobe, but that's just me. Anyway, what are the uh, two or three applications that you guys use uh, most on your Macs every day? That, you know, like our can't live without apps, or do you want them in a specific category? Do you want them alphabetically? Do you want them... Um, well, I'll give you three, and then you can give three. I don't know if they're the same. Uh, uh, for me, it's OmniFocus, um, OmniOutliner, and Text Expander. I have a series... Oh, and Scrivener, and... Stop. You're done. Um, right. One password, Text Expander, Dropbox. You guys want some more free stuff? Okay, here we go. You ready for the next question? Here we go. Whoa, jeez. Oh, jeez. Ah. All right, so we're going to have to go with the plan B question. All Instead right. of what were the five flavors, what... Um, and, and you know what? I have it on good authority. There were five flavors, but they all tasted like plastic. What were the original colors for the iPod Nano. All right, back here. White and black. Guy's got to be quicker with the hands or something. All right, this guy says he's going to get the next one. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Here we go. You got another mug over there? You should have two mugs over there. Who were the three men who founded Apple Computer? And note, there are three. In the back. I, I couldn't hear the third one. We got Jobs, we got Waz. I still can't hear you. Can you? Who is it? Mike. Mike. No. Sorry. Somebody else? Yeah, two out of three. Connor? I still couldn't hear what he said. Ron Wayne. Ron Wayne. That's right. It's coming up. Ron Wayne. He's like the missing Beatle drummer, yeah. right? Anybody <laughs> know what happened to him? Did he uh, upset Steve in some way? Okay, next question. You guys ready? Who directed Apple's infamous 1984 Super Bowl TV ad? This guy right here. Ridley Scott. All right, Ridley you Scott, get a mug. you get a mug. Yeah. yeah, okay. So now we've given away our Mac Power users. We're going to give away some great smile on Mac. Mugs, these are not trivia questions. These are going to be finding out who the true geeks are in the room. So uh, the first thing we want to find out is who traveled the furthest to be here today? We got Rose. Where are you from? Tasmania, Australia. Can anyone beat Tasmania, Australia? We're going to have to get out like the Google Maps, aren't we? Sorry, Rose. Carlo Island. Uh, and then we're over here, India. Does anybody get an iPhone here? Can we figure out what's farther from San Francisco, India? Or is it definitely Does India? Does he win? All right, you All win. All right. Al here. <laughs> All right, maybe, maybe you. you'll win another one. Okay, we got more. Next question. Who has attended the most Macworlds? 25? All of them? Every single one. You too? All right, all right. So we're going to need some kind of no. tiebreaker. Right, let's just give two away. All right, you both yeah, get a mug. You go to every Macworld, you get a mug. <laughs> okay, next one. Well, let's get, we got one more. No, we got more. Okay. Who has we the oldest three. working Mac here? Anybody with a Mac 128K Where that we? works at home? That works. 
oldest working Mac. Working. You got. Oh wait wait wait. He... You've got a five. We got that, a five twelve that works. You got Mac right. Can you beat can a five twelve? Yeah, I, I need to see it. That's what about someone over here says they can what? beat a five twelve? Oh, you can beat a five twelve. One twenty eight. All right. What what do you do with it? You win, brother. Our original mouse, original discs, original everything. All right. Pristine. Is it in the living room? Uh, actually, it's in the basement in my Apple Museum. Oh, and how, oh. Many, how many Macs do you have? I think at last count it was 24. All right. He definitely gets a mug. Who here is the newest Mac user? Do we have any recent switchers, any recent converts? What, when did you switch? September. 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 Can anyone beat September? September? All right. There All you right, go. you get a mug. Let's ask him to show us your new one. Yeah. All right, for the last one, can anybody produce a Newton? I want to see it. Show me your Newton. Show me your Newton. Uh, oh. You can't have two, sorry. But that's pretty cool. Anybody else? Anybody brought it with you them? You got one? All right, give no. him a mug. Let's give him a mug. Give him a mug. All right. I bought it at the bargain barn at Davis. Oh, did you? I, I bought it at bargain barn at Davis for hundred bucks. Uh-huh. So are you using it? I did until uh-huh. I got a better stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You know, in addition to free stuff, uh, Smile on My Mac, our sponsor, has been kind enough to give 20% discount on all their software if you go to smileonmymac.com slash MPU. So if you're interested in Text Expander and some of the other stuff they have, I recommend going and check it out. And uh, we just wanted to thank everyone for coming. This is a thrill for us to be here at Macworld and see everybody and have so much fun making new friends and meeting with old friends. I hope you all do the same and take a lot of great stuff home from your trip to Macworld. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you. Woo!